Welcome to the South Asian Talkies podcast. Um, this was formerly the Kabi Vishnu Kabi Aditya podcast. So I guess the first question that may be on your mind is, what the heck happened to Vishnu? Um, Vishnu is okay. Uh, you know, uh, we, well, we both actually graduated for better, or for worse, um, in May and, uh, we're both working right now. So, you know, we got, uh, we got busy with work. I, I moved. So, uh, that, that, that got me pretty busy. And, um, I mean, it's just kind of hard to do. I know we're doing like some of our, like some, some episodes of resume before, but I don't think I, and I apologize for, um, having there be such a large gap but <clears throat> i apologize that the last episode that we put out was in like june or july or something like that but um yeah so this is the rebranded podcast hosted by yours truly uh now um and yeah i think the format will largely be fairly similar just cuz um i mean the mission's the same right like i want to talk about great cinema specifically from india that um i feel that a lot of people should watch because there's especially like a lot of my friends like um i feel i feel like a lot of my friends just aren't as familiar with just like indian cinema or south asian cinema in general even though there's a lot of great filmmakers and um understandably i guess like if if you grow up watching like kabi kushi kabi gum or, or whatever which by the way i still think are great but it's 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 a little unrealistic to say the least a little um over dramatic and that might have turned a lot of people off just from the concept of watching indian cinema um i don't know even those like crazy like action uh, scenes that you see in some like big masala movies like some uh like big like telugu tamil movies whatever yeah, I can I can see why those would like turn people off. I I personally love those movies too, for different reasons. I mean, I think that um, those movies are just a ton of uh, like ton of fun. They're they're just a blast. But um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, the, the, but the point of this podcast is a little different. Um, basically, I think that I think that it's important to highlight certain storytellers from the Indian subcontinent. And, um, just sort of raise awareness, especially to my peers, you know, living in America who may not be as familiar with like this kind of stuff. Um, I just want to sort of raise awareness to like those kind of films and hopefully they can get more support and hopefully that, uh, the perception of, um, Indian cinema can, uh, get just much better, not just, um, with my friends, but just kind of around the world. That's, that's my mission. So, um with without further delay let's uh jump into the first film that i want to talk about in this whole rebrand thing so this is south asian talkies so the first film that i want to talk about is a film that came out last summer it's called super deluxe it's directed by Tyagarajan Kumar Raja and it's it stars the cast is absolutely stacked man it has Vijay Sethupati, Fahad Fasil, uh, Samantha Akineni, uh, Ramya Krishnan, uh, Mishkin, um, and and the wonderful the star of the show uh, Ashwanta Shok Kumar I'll get to him later you probably have never heard of him but um, 
his character is really special. So this film, I chose this film because actually first disclaimer, um, I haven't seen this film since last summer. Uh, it's on Netflix, by the way, if you want to check it out. But this film was so good. It blew my it blew my mind when I watched it. And I haven't watched it since because I feel like, may, like I, I have like this like s- small like worry that like maybe it wasn't as good as I thought it was, and I don't want to shatter that illusion. But genuinely, it 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 actually is as good as I think it is. It's really well put together. It's really well written. Really well acted. Um, it tackles themes that you just don't normally see in. Um, Indian cinema, Tamil cinema, like whatever you want to call it, even like world cinema. It's a very unique film. That's 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 what I'll say. Um, and I think so. I, I want to talk about the film and also talk about like how it's how how it has been. I sort of enabled by the growth of Tamil cinema over the last decade. Um, I don't know if that makes sense right now, but I'll try to explain myself later. So. Uh, let me talk about the actual film. So yeah, so it's directed by Thagarajan Kumaraja, and basically what this is, it's sort of I don't know if he called it an anthology or whatever because they're not like separate stories uh, that are disconnected or whatever. But basically, there's like four different stories, and I'll try to give as few spoilers as possible. But um, if I do give spoilers, I give you a warning. But um, basically, the four different stories are as follows. Um, one is, so there's a, um, so there's a couple who, uh, one of the, like the, the wife basically cheats on the husband and while she's having sex with the husband, uh, the guy that she's uh, cheating with, uh, like dies and then she has to figure out how to get rid of the body without anyone finding out. And then the uh, second story is there's this group of like teenage boys who uh, uh, sort of meet in one of the kids like ba- uh, basements to watch an adult film and they're watching it and getting all horny and stuff. And uh, there's a shot in the in the adult film uh, where the actress turns around and, the, and, and one of the kids uh, looks at it and, and he goes, oh, shit, that's my mom. Uh, so that's the premise of the second story. Um, the the third story is um, there's uh, so there's this little kid played by Ashwant Ashok Kumar, who I mentioned in the intro, um, and I'll get to him again later. But he's uh, he's really excited. Like he's never met his father, and he gets a letter one day saying that. Um, his father's finally going to come come home and meet him. So he's really excited and he's like telling everyone, oh, I'm finally going to meet my dad um, and whatnot. And the dad arrives, gets out of the taxi and the the father is actually now a trans woman named Shilpa. So that's the third story. And then the fourth story is there's this sort of, um, I guess he's like a preacher or like a faith healer or something like basically a man of, of faith. Um, and he's sort of starting to question, um, his faith in God for various reasons that happen throughout the story. Um, so those are the four, four stories and they're all sort of interconnected and they play out really well. Like the way that they're connected, um, it's played out really well. And before I get into like the actual film, I want to talk about the writing process of this film 
because it's really interesting. So the director, so like I said, there's four different stories. Um, and actually each one of them was written by a different person. So one was written by the director himself, Tyagarajan Kumar Raja. One was directed by um, Mishkin, who of course is himself a very famous uh, and successful and path-breaking uh, director and writer. And uh, one's written by Nalan Kumar Asami, who made the excellent, excellent, excellent Sudhakavum, who I, which I'll probably do an episode on that alone. Like that, that's just such an amazing movie. But uh, he wrote one, and then one was written by uh, Neil and K. Shaker, who I'm not as familiar with his work, but I believe he's also a very acclaimed writer. So uh, the the director basically had like ideas for like stories, I believe, and he just kind of took it to to the other guys and said. Hey, I have this story. Um, this is kind of where I want you to begin and end, but uh, you, you just go, go, go loose with it. Do whatever you want. Um, and they did, and and he ended up writing one himself because I think he tried to get like a fourth writer, but he couldn't find anyone uh, that he wanted who had like the time and like the schedule to do it. So he just ended up writing the fourth one himself, and. They never revealed who wrote which sequence, and we may we may never know. Um, but it's it's really interesting to sort of like guess um, who wrote what. Like you might you may think that like Mishkin Mishkin's acting in the movie as well. He's he's the guy who plays that um, faith healer character. Uh, so you may think that he wrote his own sequence, but who knows? Like like maybe not. It does seem like his kind of thing because his films usually feature uh, a sort of like divine um theme to it for example he he recently released earlier this year actually um a film called psycho and there's a lot of like christian imagery in that and i believe the 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 like psycho actually is like a sort of adaptation of uh like a, a buddhist uh folktale so um yeah so so may so maybe he wrote that story maybe he didn't i don't know but um, yeah, I just thought I just thought the writing process was really interesting. So 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 going back to that, I, I believe all four writers sort of wrote their own story, and then the director took them back and and basically gave them one more rewrite to just sort of overlap everything to together. And it's it's interesting to think about because you think that that might lead to like a lack of cohesion in the story, like stuff might just come out of nowhere, but it actually works like really well together. And there's like direct cause and effect from like things that happen in one story to, to things that happen in the other. I'll probably have to get into spoilers later on in the podcast, just cause, um, this, the, I feel like there's some stuff in this film that you can't talk about without spoilers, but, um, I, I, I'll 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 talk I'll try my best to talk without spoilers for now. Um so that's how the writing went. I guess I'll talk about the other aspects of like the filmmaking process. Cinematography is absolutely fantastic. This this film looks really different from almost any other film I've seen, like not just Indian film. Like if I had to choose one film that's the like most closely related, it's probably Mad Max Fury Road. And that may sound insane, but basically this film has a lot of saturated colors. There's a lot of bright reds, bright blues, bright yellows. And 
And it's, it's, it's almost unlike anything I've ever seen because usually like in, in, I mean, this movie is an intense drama and it has some pretty funny scenes, like some pretty dark humor in it at some points, but, um, it is, it is at its core, like this, this very intense drama. There's some, there's some, uh, sequences in this film that are, that, that have such incredible tension. It's, um, like you can feel your heart beating. I remember I felt my heart beating, um, like when I when I was watching this film. But um, normally, like a lot of dramas, they have like very muted colors. Like you may be familiar with like the Christopher Nolan look. It's kind of like steely, a little like um, uh, like kind of very cold. Like even when you watch like uh, I don't know, like The Joker. There's that like sort of steely green like hue to like the whole film, something like that. Um. This film kind of goes for the exact opposite. It almost looks like a cartoon at some point because of how like how like colorful it is. And even like the costumes like the the saris are all like bright red and the walls are painted like bright yellow or bl- or bright blue or something like that. Um and it's really 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 cool to look at. I think the 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 cinematography was handled by two people actually, Nirav Shah and P- PS Vinod. They did a a fantastic job. Um I really I really um, just love to look at this film. It's a very well-directed film. There's a lot of great, interesting um, shot composition in it as well because um, there's some scenes where there there may be like very rapid editing, but there's some scenes where the, it, it's almost like the camera was just like left there by accident um, and the director like just yelled... Um, uh, action and the actors started acting and they and they ended up like picking up this random like hidden camera and use that footage or something like that like there's these really long takes of like some people like arguing or some people like like different people like walking in and out of scenes and things like that um it's it it just sort of adds some rawness to the film uh which which is interesting because the rest of the film is almost like sort of unbelievable. And like I said, like, like the color palette itself is kind of like cartoonish. And there's some, there's some scenes uh, in this film that you can consider absolutely ridiculous. Uh, some scenes that, uh, there's one scene in particular, which gets into spoiler territory, so I'll get into it later. But there's one scene in particular that was the only scene that sort of threw me off from the rest of the film. But looking back on that scene, it um, I kind of appreciate the fact that it was in there. Um, but I think I think the 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 direction and cinematography just worked so well together um, because I think it's almost masterfully in some scenes being extremely cinematic and in some scenes being extremely raw, um, and. And that sort of adds to the character of the film and the character of the scene. And if there's a certain scene where it's being a little more cinematic with like rapid editing and things like that, then that makes you feel one way, right? And if there's a certain scene with, um, with, with it's just like one long take and it's almost like you're just watching a play and just watching actors like do what they do best and act, like that also makes you feel like a different way, like subconsciously when you're watching the film. And I think that, the way that those um, those scenes are used is really well, really well done. Um, so, yeah, I'll get into the performances next. Performances, first of all, like I said in the beginning, the cast is like 
absolutely stacked, right? Like just like the who's who of like Tamil cinema, especially like um, not even Tamil cinema, just like South Indian cinema. Like Fahad Fossil's in there. He's like the best actor in the country. Vijay Sethupati is there. He's also like one of the best actors in the country. You have Samantha Akineni, who's like... I, I I would believe that she's like the highest paid actress, at least in, in South India. Like she's a superstar, um, which I really appreciate the fact that like Fahad Fossil is a little different, especially like Malayalam cinema. There's a, there's a little more tradition of like art cinema and Fahad Fossil himself has done some more uh, uh, humbling roles like like what what i mean by that is like some stars only want the one where only want to do the types of films where there's that like the fight scenes and the dances and the hero introduction scenes and the scenes where the audience can whistle for you like fad fossil isn't i mean he doesn't really do those kind of films vijay sethapati is of course like one of the biggest stars in in tamil cinema right now um he does sometimes get those kind of roles and he sometimes does these kind of roles and what's amazing is he he freaking kills it in both of them right um and his character especially he plays Shilpa the the transgender woman and I along with a lot of other critics I think I was like when I was reading reviews like when this came out I think I think he deserves a lot of applause just for taking on the role because Indian cinema especially is very um sort of masculine focused like all the heroes need to have like six packs and muscles and they need to be tough and like in all the films they can do nothing wrong and they they can beat 50 bad guys at once if they need to and they won't have a single scar on their face and they always come come to save the the heroine and and whatnot um so for him to in in that sort of environment to say no i'm literally going to play like a woman like i'm going to play the most feminine character that i could convincingly play um, I think it deserves applause because um, for for a star as big as him, um, especially in Tamil cinema, like I said, like Malayalam cinema is a little different, but in Tamil cinema, I think I think especially uh, a star of his caliber, a star of his size, a star of his popularity for taking on this kind of role as a transgender woman, which itself is a somewhat controversial role, right? Like I don't think that. Uh, I mean, I can't name another film. Actually, there was Aravi. If you haven't seen Aravi, you should watch Aravi. But I can't name any other films where there's like transgender characters like playing a main central role in the film, right? Um, it is a pretty path-breaking role. It was probably a very tough role for him to do, but he absolutely killed it. He was amazing in every single scene that he was in. So hats off to him. Samantha also... Um, her almost... I mean, I, I applaud her just as much as... Um, uh, Vijay Sethapati because just as there is the this sort of expectation of how a male hero should be there is also a sort of expectation in Tamil Telugu cinema of, of how a female heroine should be right um, they should be uh, very pure and uh, they basically can't do anything in the film without the hero's help and um, they, they must be very nice and they have to like love animals and children and and some i don't know they just have to be like freaking perfect except they also have to be kind of idiots and their only purpose is to dance with the hero but that's a conversation for a different day let's not get into that right now but um first of all samantha actually does a lot of roles that are not like like that but 
regardless, there's still an expectation that um, uh, a female character in, in, in a Tamil or Telugu film has to just sort of be kind of perfect, not unlike um, a male character should be. But for her to have a character that like literally before, before the first scene even comes on, like you hear her conversation with the guy that she's cheating with over the phone during like the opening credits. So like the, the camera hasn't even turned on yet. And you you already see that she's a sort of morally ambiguous character. You know, there's like a, um, she's, she's done a sex scene. Um, uh, she's, she's cheating on her husband. These are things that, uh, are frowned upon in other films. They go against the norm that has been set by, decades of films and i have to applaud her for taking the role because at at the height of her stardom she may be the biggest star in the film right if you look at like box office and what kind of films she's been in and she may be the biggest star in the film and so for her to take this role i think again uh deserves a lot of applause um, but the star of the show, like I said in the beginning, is Ashwanta Shokumar. So Ashwanta Shokumar is a little kid who plays, um, who plays, uh, the Shilpa's son. Um, his name in the film is Rasukuti. And he's like, he, he, I think this is like his first film, maybe not, but it's the first film that I've seen him in at least. I've seen him a couple since then. Um, but like, He's honestly given like a better performance than half the actors in this movie. He's honestly given a better performance than most other actors in most other movies last year, right? So he he freaking kills it. Like the the innocence and sort of confusion that the kid is going through, um, finding out that his father that he's never met is actually a woman, but like going through um sort of bullying at school after the kids find out that his father's a woman, um, uh, dealing with that pain, dealing with the absence of a father during his upbringing, um, just, just essentially wanting to be loved. Like his character essentially represents the, the purest form of unconditional love. Like I think there's a dialogue again. I haven't seen this movie since last year. I, I probably should have, I probably should watch it again, but again, I don't want to shatter that illusion. Um, but I think there's like a scene towards the end where, where he, like, he's sort of crying and, and his parents are trying to, uh, console him. And he's like, I don't care if you're a man or a woman or whatever. Like, I just want this to be a family. I just want to have a loving father and a mother. And, and like, I don't care if you're a man or a woman. Like, I just want you to be my parent. Right. And that's like the, I guess you can also attribute the writing to that, but the way he sells that just sort of, um, he's in so much pain and confusion that all he wants is some sense of normalcy, even though that his, even though his life is like far from, far from normal, like, um, he sells it so well. Like that scene was so like, almost like heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time. And, and the kid just, um, I mean, he kills it. Like, I, I can't wait to see like what other films he does, uh, what he does, like when he grows up to be, um, maybe he'll make it as a big star, as a big actor or something. But to be, to be able to hold your own against Vijay Sethupati, especially, and 
this is one of Vijay Sethu's like best performances, right? And the kid's giving an even better performance than him. That should tell you like how good of a performance this kid is giving. Ashwant Ashok Kumar. Like I'm so jealous of this kid's talent. I wish I had like a f- like a fraction of of his talent. Like he's he 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 just he freaking kills every scene he, he's in. Like the audience, as the audience, you'll fall in love with him. You'll feel for him. Um, you'll you'll kind of just curse the world for adding so much cynicism in our lives because this kid just sees everything um, as purely as as he possibly can. He doesn't view his um, father as this disgusting like transgender like something like I don't know. You know, like, society doesn't always treat the transgender community really well. But this kid, like, doesn't even care about all that. He's just... He just wants a loving parent. And and I think that's that's a really nice sort of um, lesson, I guess, that we can all, like, take from the film. I don't know. It's... Um, his, his character was just, like, the best, honestly, like, one of the best parts of this movie. Um, yeah, so, uh, I, I actually don't recognize any of, like, the, the, the high schoolers, I think they were high schoolers, the, the, the ones that were talking, that, that were watching, like, the, the porn film, one of them finds out that his mom's a porn star, um, I, I don't know any of their names, they, they do pretty well, too, I think that their, their portion was, for me, the weakest one, that's the one that had that one scene that I felt took me out of the film. But ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, their portion is very important, especially once you see how it ties into the the other films. Like Their portion essentially acts as a catalyst for um, especially the, um, the faith healer portion. And the the one about the couple trying to get rid of the body, um, that portion. The, the, uh, what what goes on with the high schoolers, especially, forms an important sort of uh, uh, catalyst for for certain important events in those in those other stories. Um, but yeah, I mean they they do a good job uh, as well. Um, I think yeah, I think I'm 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 having a little trouble uh thinking of stuff to talk about without getting into spoilers. So I guess um this might be actually no 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 you know what? Um I wanna talk about before I get into spoilers, because I guess I want people to be able to wa- uh watch or listen to this as much as they possibly can. Um before 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 I try to cut them off with spoilers, I want to talk about how this film sort of is uh, an achievement and sort of a uh, is is it like a like what is the word I'm thinking of like an ac- accumulation of all of the advancements that have uh, gone on in Tamil cinema over the last decade. Um, yeah. Yeah, let me talk about that for for a couple minutes. So, Tamil cinema, in my opinion, in the two thousands was mostly pretty bad. <laughs> um, of course, there are some uh, filmmakers who are still doing great things, like 
like Mani Ratnam and Gautam Menon. And of course, like, I mean, they're just like iconic filmmakers at this point. But <clears throat> a large majority of, of Tamil cinema was just kind of very same-ish. Like there was the the typical, like the the, the kind of like masala film where the guys like the super like tough kind of uh, rough, uh, you know, can beat up like 50 guy 50 bad guys whatever and the and there's a damsel in distress heroine that he needs to save and whatnot and that's 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 sort of a lot of what Tamil cinema in the in the 2000s was I think I don't know I don't know why there was just and maybe I'm not as familiar with 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 that whole decade of of Tamil cinema but in in my experience of watching films um, and growing up watching those films, I just felt that the the quality in cinema in the 2010s went up exponentially, and there's a couple reasons as to why I think that is. So, um. I think one genuinely this is a reason. So there's a show called Nalia Yukunar um in in Tamil Nadu and basically what it is it's it's sort of like American Idol but it's like for filmmakers so like each week they'll submit like short films instead of like preparing a song or or whatever. Um and all of those directors actually like Nalan Kumarasamy who wrote a portion of this film and directed Sudhuk film like he he I think like won first place in like the first season of that show whatever and there's a lot of great uh directors who came out of that like um Karthik Subraj who directed my favorite movie Jigadanda um Alphonse Putran I think was a part of that show he directed um uh Premam um uh, and Neram one of those Malayalam film but whatever um I think I think that show genuinely had a huge impact because I think I think it sort of provided opportunities and i don't know if this was the case in 2000s maybe maybe like um but I, maybe it was like the same directors who had all the power in and the same producers who had all the power and uh maybe that's why if if they were the ones in power they just make their own films and maybe they would be commercially successful but maybe they just wouldn't be that good right um but this, I, I think this show, at least I've never actually even seen this show, to be honest, but from what I've seen from, uh, from the filmmakers who have came out of it, it seems like they've, it, it's sort of given an opportunity to people who aren't a part of the industry, but have this incredible, have these incredibly creative minds um, to make their mark and to sort of get um, well-known, meet producers, meet actors, things like that. Like even Vijay Seth with the, I think uh, started off um, acting in a few short films that were like on that that show, and like all their de- like all the directors that came out of that like a lot of their debut films like end up like starring um, Vijay Sethupathi, and it, it sort of formed like this um, at the time I think it sort of formed almost like this parallel industry. So there's like the Tamil cinema industry. Which was, uh, you know, making all the Vijay and Ajit and Rajnikanth movies and whatnot. And there was a small movement of directors and filmmakers like Karthik Subraj and uh, Nalan Kumarasamy and Dhyagarajan Kumaraja, um, whose first film, Ayurnagandam, I think came out like 2011 or something. 
Um, but they were sort of making their own mark and their films are getting like a little more popular, a little more popular, a little more popular. Like Karthik Suraj's first film was like Pizza, um, which did really well. And then Jigadanda did like even better. And then he did like Iravi and Mercury. And now he's, and now he's like the biggest director in Tamil cinema, right? Like now he's like directing Rajnigant and Danush and things like that. And I feel like that, like those filmmakers, and it's not just the filmmakers that just came out of that show, but I feel like maybe they could have given like almost like hope or even just identified an avenue or um, lit a fire under a lot of people's asses saying like, oh, I can, I can do this too. I, I can make a short film at home and post it on YouTube and maybe someone will see it and it'll go viral and then I'll make a, I'll make a feature or something like that. I think it just sparked a lot of creativity um, in, in a lot of people and, and, you, and you see a lot of directors coming up um, that don't come from a film background. A lot of them are like engineers or like IT workers or whatever who, who have always had a passion for cinema and decided to to sort of um, risk it all and go for it. And they're, they've achieved great success. Um, and, and the reason I'm talking about this is because this, this film, like Super Deluxe as a film, I don't think it... Um, like, I don't think it could have even been made like 10 years ago, right? But with the new voices, and it's sort of added, like, I mean, I think, like, if you look at, like, especially, like, Nalan Kumarasamy or like Kartik Subraj or whatever, they have a sort of like quirkiness to their uh, films. And um, I, I, for me, I feel like that's defined Tamil cinema over the last decade. Like, I, I don't know if the word is like, if that's the right word, like quirkiness, but it's almost just like introducing new ideas into the typical uh, system. Uh, almost providing a breath of fresh air of sorts. And, I feel like this film has been enabled over the years um, with with great work from other directors um, to to eventually make this film like possible, right? Because even Tyagaraj uh, and Kumar Raja, like his first film was Arya Gandam, which unfortunately I still haven't seen yet. I I I know it's supposed to be amazing. I don't know why I haven't seen it yet, but um, his first film came out in 2011, and it was also very well acclaimed. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't think that, like, I mean, if you look at this film, he has, like, huge stars like Samantha and Fad Fossil and whatnot. Like, maybe they wouldn't have done this film back then, right? Because there are different rules in the industry and there are different, um, uh, there, there, there was a different, um, just sort of way things were done. Right. And, and I think, I, I mean, I'm so happy the way that Tamil cinema has advanced. Like I'm like every, every single week. Well, not right now during the pandemic, but normally uh, like when there's a new film, like every week, there's a good chance that it's going to be a good movie now. And that's not something that I could say before. Um, and this film, I guess to me, it's almost like a microcosm of Tamil cinema. And to be honest, it is very self-referential to the industry as a whole. Like, there's a lot of you. There's a lot of use of like old Tamil film music. For example, there's that excellent scene where Shilpa's like ch changing her sari, and you hear that 
um like that song like that's playing in the background or whatever right and it's sort of almost poking i felt it was almost like poking fun at that song because that's a very racy song i believe in the original film it was like it was a rajnigan film um from like the 80s and 90s or something like that um i think like i, I think the way it was picturized was it was it was somewhat racy um and and here you have like this this um I I think it was uh, an interesting decision to use just because like you, you have this transgender woman just doing this mundane task of just changing her blouse right on on her sari or or something like that and it it sort of um is challenging the audience is like it's like do you find this racy too like like it's it's almost challenging the way that we think when we watch the movie right I think that that the director has a huge love I can tell from from watching this movie that he has a huge love for just cinema in general especially Tamil cinema and um uh you can you can definitely see that like pervade through I think I think that's that's the biggest change honestly over this last decade there's a lot of filmmakers who enjoy filmmaking if that makes any sense right even when you watch like Sudhakavum or Jigadanda or whatever you can tell that those are films made by filmmakers who just enjoy like the pure power of cinema right like if you look at like sudhakavam there's that kasa panam dudde mani right that that song in in like the middle and realistically it has nothing to do with like the plot at all but um it's just kind of there because it's fun to see on screen and i guess like the like nalan kumar some knew that and he's like no yeah yeah that 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 would be like really funny i feel like everyone's going to enjoy that and and it doesn't not like it doesn't not work like it were like you enjoy it when you're watching the film even though like it's sort of shoehorned in there like you don't feel it and that's that i feel like is is just like the best um almost like the best part of uh of of just like the way that that Tamil cinema has advanced and um you know it's just it's just really great to see like i can just tell that these guys are having fun as intense as this movie is you can kind of almost tell that that like they're having fun with it you know what i mean so yeah that's that's just kind of what i want to add like I, i'm just I, honestly i'm really proud of like how indian cinema in general especially like tamil cinema has has grown over the last decade and i can't i can't wait to see what happens next especially with um now people are embracing like the the streaming platforms which then allows you more freedom because then you don't have to worry about like um you know the censorship or like uh, how the audience will re- react in a theater like whatever like you can there's a lot more freedom of course you can worry about that if you want to and i think that the theatrical experience is very important but <clears throat> i think uh um I think that's going to provide a lot of f- freedom to filmmakers who would like to use it. Um, and you're already seeing that. Like, there's, uh, like, Puttam Pudukale. Like, you have these classic filmmakers, like, really great filmmakers, like, embracing the the streaming uh, platform <clears throat> and making some pretty good short films. So, this film, for me, is just sort of a representation of, of just Tamil cinema in general and sort of just a, a victory a symbolic victory of just how far that that it's come and again i just can't wait to see uh, where it goes f- uh, forward
So, um, I guess uh, this is where I'm going to call the spoiler warning. So, if you haven't seen Super Deluxe, please, 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 please go watch it. It's an amazing film. It is three hours long, but I think that it's just so good that you're not going to feel the three hours at all. Like, it's just, it, it's so intense. You're going to be, like, locked to your screen when you watch it. Um, so, please check it out. It's on Netflix. It's an amazing film. Honestly, one of the best films of last year. But, um... Moving on to spoilers. So first, I want to talk about. Um, I mean, the main thing I want to talk about is a, is that scene that sort of took me out of the rest of the film. So that is a scene with the aliens. So, so, so I mean, it kind of came out of nowhere. I don't really, I don't really even like know how to explain like how, um, like what the context was, right? Like I think um, so. The teenage boys were. Um, So, so, so the, the, the teenage boys, what happened with them was, uh, I think the one boy saw that his mom was a porn star so that he, so then he runs home separately, um, to try to like stab his mother with a screwdriver or something because he's angry and then ends up stabbing himself. So, um, and, and before he runs away, he breaks the TV. So the other boys, they have to, uh, try to replace the TV before the one boys, like his, his father finds out. Um, so they, so they, um, they, they try to like get some money from like a gangster or something like that. Um, and, and like their plan fails or whatever. So they try to like steal a TV and that they also fail with that. And I think just, this girl appears and then she suddenly reveals she's an alien and, and she has like this glowing like blue skin or whatever. <clears throat> and then she like clones one of them and then um, she gives them money for a, uh, for a new TV. And then this is where the, the, their sequence sort of uh, uh, overlaps with um, the couple's uh, sequence. They get rid of the old TV. They toss it over like a wall and then that TV falls on the police officer who is uh, blackmailing the, the couple and, and kills him so they can, they can escape. Um, which actually I thought, I, thought, I thought that was pretty clever because um, when they were throwing it out, there was like a plane going overhead so they couldn't see it. But actually when you watch like the other side of it, when the TV falls on the cop, um, I think he like starts screaming or whatever, but they can't hear any of that. <clears throat> Uh, because the plane's flying over, so all they hear is like this really loud uh, jet uh, engine noise. Uh, I thought that was really clever, actually. But the alien scene, I thought, I thought it kind of came out of nowhere for me, and I still don't completely understand it. Um, I have come to sort of appreciate it though, because I think it sort of highlights the the filmmakers' eccentricities. Because this is a very deep film that goes into a lot of just like um, uh, things about like core human behavior and a lot of that has to do with like um love and sex and family like these are all things that that are sort of in our dna um of course at, because um because humans or any organism needs to reproduce to continue its uh like continue its species and i feel like that's almost a purpose of life in some way, just like for any organism in general. So this, this film tackles a lot of those, those, um, <clears throat> those, uh, themes. And, um, this, this alien co comes out and I feel that it's sort of represent representative of, um, 
I mean, if you look at a lot of human behavior, it's, it's, it's almost very strange. Um, a lot of things that society tells us is normal. It's, um, excuse me. Um, it's very strange. So I feel like it's maybe like this outsider looking in on everything and, um, it's sort of commenting on some of the abnormalities of human behavior. So she's observing the human race and even she wants some companionship, right? But of course she's an alien, so she can't, um, uh, uh, maybe she can't find other people from her species or whatever. I don't, I apologize if I'm mischaracterizing this because again, it's been a while since I've seen the film and this unfortunately is like one of the things I, I remember the least just because again, it sort of sucked me out of the film. Um, but, uh, she do, like I said, she clones one of the, one of the kids and, uh, not like the, the, the high schoolers and, um, <clears throat> and, uh, keeps one for herself so that she too can experience sort of companionship. And, it's sort of ridiculous to like think about, oh, you clone someone just so they can be like your partner forever. But like, you know, maybe, maybe he's trying to point out, maybe, maybe the director's trying to point out about how maybe it's not that weird or maybe it's not any more weird than, um, uh, what, what we do for companionship. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's my best, uh, try at, um, trying to explain that, but I, I don't completely understand it. If you do, please let me know, message me, put it in the comments, um, whatever. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, so that, that was, so that was the main thing that I, um, uh, sort of really wanted to talk about. And, um, yeah, I guess, I guess I'll, I'll get back into s sort of those themes I was talking about. Um, again, I, f I think this film uh, highlights a lot of uh, eccentricity of, of human behavior. Another big part of that is religion, which is really what the um, uh, the Arpudam, which is Miskin's character, uh, what that whole sequence is about. And I thought the ending of that sequence was absolutely poetic because he's the whole film. He's trying to denounce God um, because he meets Shilpa in a hallway once and and and. So he, he initially became a preacher because he survived the 2004 tsunami because um, he, he was able to hold on to a statue of Jesus, uh, which allowed him to uh, sort of um, not get swept away by, by the water or whatever. And he finds out that Shilpa also um, uh, survived the tsunami. And, and she's also, she also says like, oh, I... Um, I uh, hold held on to a rock uh, to save myself, but she didn't consider it to be like a, a divine statue or whatever. She says, kalumatana sami," right? And that that um, that sentence sort of echoes in his head throughout the whole film. And he's so he's looking at his own like the idol that he's worshiping of Jesus, and he's like, "Oh, is it just a rock? Like, am I am I crazy?" and you know, maybe religion is one of those human eccentricities. I think I think religion is um, sort of... I mean, it is, I suppose, a man-made thing. I think it's sort of us trying to attribute to an explanation to those things that we, we don't understand. Um, which I think is a, is a perfectly noble intention. But again, maybe if you're looking at it from an outsider's perspective, if you're looking at it from the alien's perspective... 
it's kind of weird to just um, think about, like, um, you know, like, you don't make up answers to stuff you don't know, right? But maybe in religion, maybe in some way, like, that, that is what, what it's sort of doing. Um, but at, at the end, basically, he's trying to save his... So his son is... So he's married to the porn star. So his son is the one who is watching the, the porn film and, and, and end up stabbing himself by accident while he was angry at his mother. So his son's in the hospital... And um, he's trying to use his faith to heal his son. Um, but again, he's questioning his faith or whatever. So he doesn't want to like take him to a doctor yet. And they can't afford the surgery or whatever. Um, and uh, he, he eventually like sort of almost denounces God. And he breaks the statue that he's been worshiping for the last few years. And he finds like a bag of like di a bunch of diamonds in there. And that allows him to pay off the surgery for his son, right? Um, and it's, it's so poetic because it's like he, he spent the whole film denouncing God. And at the end, when he finally denounced God, God sort of gave him a path out of his misery. And I think that's such, such a poetic like sentiment. Like I loved, I loved that sequence. Like Michigan, Michigan first of all, he, he, he freaking killed it. Um, in, in his performance as this man who's sort of questioning his entire belief system. Um, but uh, the way, just the way that scene is written was, was just something I found um, really, really interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, honestly, I could probably talk about this film for like five more hours. I'm going to cut it off here because I feel like I've given my recommendation. I've said why I need to um, why I need to recommend this film. I've talked about how it relates to the Tamil film industry as a whole. And once again, I'll just say, please, please, please check this out. If you're a fan of good cinema, if you want to promote great filmmakers, uh, tell all your friends to check it out. I really hope you enjoy it. I really think you will. Uh, like I said, it is long, but I feel like you don't, um, you don't feel that length at all. It's just so, it's such a tense and like well put together movie that, Nothing seems out of place at all, except for maybe that alien sequence. But maybe even that's not even like out of place at all. Because, uh, cause, hey, it got, me, it got me thinking, right? Um, but yeah, Super Deluxe, directed by uh, Tyagarajan Kumaraja, came out last year. It's streaming on Netflix. And um, before I cut it off, this was uh, South Asian Talkies. I hope you enjoyed this uh, podcast. Again, I know it's a little different from what we used to do, especially because it's just me talking right now. But um, hopefully this was entertaining for you. Hopefully you enjoyed this. If you have any recommendations for other films that we should cover, please let me know. And um, please subscribe to us on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, all of those platforms. Um, so you, you guys can... Um, get to know as soon as we put, as soon as I get to like put out, um, more episodes and Hey, I'm living, I'm living alone in my new apartment. So I have a lot of free time. So hopefully I get to put, put out like a lot of, uh, good content for you guys. So, um, thanks for listening. This was uh, South Asian talkies. Mm -hmm.